We've been in a series autopsy, and we've been talking about the Antichrist. If you've missed those messages, please go back online and watch them, because I don't have time to re-preach all of them to you in my introduction today. I believe we've done a wonderful job in giving you the timeline of the end times, as well as not focusing on man's opinion, but the scriptures as to what we believe is going to take place. There is also a series through the book of Revelation, every verse available on my website. If you're interested in those kinds of things, which many people are, even my mother-in-law loves the end times and has been interested in this series, so I would encourage you to get those things and be caught up because you need to be aware of the season we are in. You need to be aware of the presence of evil in our culture. You need to be aware of, first and foremost, the spirit of Antichrist. In this closing message today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the United States of America, but mostly the spirit of Antichrist. Because there is a literal Jesus Christ with hair, with flesh, with nail-scarred hands that sits at the right hand of the Father, but there's a spirit of Jesus Christ. I call it the hero within. The Bible calls it the Holy Spirit of the living God. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit's been sent into our hearts, causing us to what? Cry, Abba, Father. So there is a physical Jesus, and then there is his spirit. Well, there is a literal antichrist that I've described to you that will be on the scene that will eventually be consumed by the mouth of God, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 4. But there is a spirit of Antichrist which very much exists not only in our nation but the world today. Just heard a story from one of our friends who moved from Washington into another state because of all of the liberal policies that were being forced on the people there. She emailed my wife yesterday that her hometown is now being infiltrated by sexual predator rehabilitation centers. So they're releasing these criminals that have abused and tortured children and they're building rehabilitation centers. One is less than three miles from an elementary school and the people there in Washington have had enough, and they're fighting back. There is indeed a spirit of Antichrist that hates the Bible, that hates the church, that hates Israel, that opposes everything that is moral, everything that is of God's kingdom. There is a spirit of Antichrist. The question is, which spirit lives on the inside of us? I hope it is the Holy Spirit the spirit of Jesus Christ and not the spirit of Antichrist. As we look around and we see evil being called good and good being called evil, I'm reminded of what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 4 beginning with verse 30. It says, When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice. This is the recipe for revival. When you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, because the Lord is a merciful God, he will not forsake you or destroy you. 
nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. Up until September 11th, 2001, America, as we know it, had become complacent. It took September 11th, 2001, to show Americans how evil this world could be. We saw one of the greatest movements of prayer the weeks following 9-11 that we've ever seen in the history of our nation. And I believe we're starting to see that again in our nation. People are returning to the altars. They're hitting their knees. They're praying. They're evangelizing. People are getting right with God. And I am so excited about what God is doing because as Americans, because of our capitalistic mindset and our abundance and possessions, many of us feel as if we don't need to pray like we're too good to cry out to a loving and a living God. We've become complacent in many regards. And I pray that it doesn't take hardship or another pandemic to bring us back to the throne room of his grace. I believe with all of my heart, it's time for the church to pray. It's time for Christians to share their faith. It's time for us to be who God created us to be, and it's time for us to model what the kingdom really looks like to a lost and dying world. And I'm seeing the first fruits in this house. I'm seeing a remnant rise up that's committed to this vision, and I am so grateful. As America returns to the church house and to the prayer room, we need to make sure we're being supportive of this movement. We don't need to criticize what God's doing, not only in these universities, but in churches. Now is the time to fan the flames of revival, my friend, and to get in on the move of God. The Apostle Paul teaches us that two things will happen to the church just before the return of Jesus Christ. The first is the great falling away. The church will turn many from the word of God, from the scriptures. They will redefine sin. They will replace sermons with self-help. They won't talk about the atonement anymore, the blood that covers our sins. They won't Preach things that might convict people or hurt their feelings or their pride. There'll be a great apostasy of falling away. And the second thing that will happen before Jesus returns is this spirit of Antichrist will deceive many, many. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says this, Now, brethren, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind. If you have attended our Wednesday night gatherings through the book of Galatians, you will know that I have done my very best to teach you how important the mind is. The enemy wants to come in through your mind. If he can get you to doubt, he wins. 
If he can get you to live under fear, he wins. If he can get you not to believe in yourself, he wins. If the enemy can get you to walk in confusion instead of dominion, he wins. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I'm praying for a renewal of the mind for God's people so that the enemy can't distract them, defeat them, deceive them. Do not be shaken or troubled in your mind, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away, the apostasy, comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy the brightness of his coming. As I've told you, an autopsy reveals three things, the state of health, the identity of a person, and the cause of death. Well, the good news this morning is, in spite of the devil's best efforts, he's been defeated. And we win, and this Antichrist, the literal one, will be defeated by the mouth of God, and the spirit of Antichrist is being held back right now by spirit-filled people and spirit-filled churches. When you worship, the demons have to flee. When you praise God, things shift for you in a positive direction. The devil can't come against God's people when you are being led by the spirit of God, not religion. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In regards to the United States of America first, I don't want to disappoint you because I'm a patriot. I love this country. I love the men and women who fought for this country. I've buried many that have served not only our city but our world and our nation. I honor the sacrifice of those who fought that we may be free. But as I've taken you through the book of Revelation and I've unfolded the scriptures to you, there is not only a possibility, but a strong probability that the United States, our beloved United States as we know it, will not be on the scenes during the end times. And how could that be, Pastor Ronnie? Well, look at what we've accepted as a nation. Look at the sin. Look at how we've made a mockery of God in his Bible. Look at how we've winked at abortion like it's not murder not destroying a human life in the womb. Look at what we've allowed in the courts, in the schools. 
God has been very gracious to us, and he still is. We're in a dispensation of grace. We're in a church age. But my friend, he is coming back as a just God. And I believe if America is not on the scene as it once was, it will be because of the spirit of Antichrist and the millions that that spirit has deceived and turned away from the truths of God's word. You say, Pastor Ronnie, what does that say to us on a Sunday morning? It says we need to get right with God. We need to repent. We need to stand up for what's right. We need to quit bickering amongst ourselves. We need to be the church of God that he called us to be in the New Testament. Not a church of preference, but a church of presence. A church of power, a church of the, the word of God. A church that doesn't need to take a survey to figure out what to do. A church that is committed to praying and opening God's word and being led by the spirit as to what they need to do. Can you imagine if Jesus walked in most of our church growth meetings? Let's have a survey and go around and ask everybody what kind of music they like to see if we can get them to join our church. Let's get 14 inflatables and a bunch of pizza and see if we can get kids here. Let's see if we can get cool lights and LED screens and maybe that'll get people here. How about we get the Bible and go tell a lost person that there's hope for them, that they are not who they think they are, that Jesus loves them and has purpose for them and he died for them. And with his spirit, they can be more than they ever thought they could be. Let me tell you the church growth strategy of the Bible. The word, the spirit, faith, boldness, righteousness, and telling someone about the love of Jesus Christ. World War I, Great Britain and France and Italy and Japan, the power was shifted to them. World War II, after the attack on Pearl Harbor and Hitler invading Poland, there was another power shift. So if there was another world war and there's one coming, you could totally see the superpower of the United States of America, that power shifting to a union or to some other kind of alliance. It is possible if this country continues to allow the enemy to take control and we continue to embrace ungodliness, witchcraft, secular humanism, that we will not be the power we once were. And that's fine with me because I'm part of another kingdom. My government's that of God's and he's my king and I love my nation, but I don't worship my nation. I worship a kingdom that cannot be shaken and a king that died for me. But this would leave a power vacuum making way to Armageddon. As I've taught you the last three weeks, there'll be an Islamic union. It could be part Catholicism, part Christianity, and part Islam, but there'll be a one-world government. There'll be ten nations under this union. And the Bible teaches us in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that Israel will be invaded by Gog and Magog, which will include this one-world alliance. There is no mention anywhere of someone coming to the aid of Israel other than heaven, the kingdom of heaven. America that I was raised in would always defend Israel. But the scriptures make no mention of the fact that there we will be there to aid them. 
This, I believe, means that the United States as we know it will either be unwilling or unable to come to the aid of Israel. And friend, when you turn your back on Israel, you turn your back on God. When you turn your back on Israel, you turn your back on God. The war on terror will never end. I don't care what they call it because it's a war between good and evil. It's sin, the Bible calls it. It will always exist until eternity. The war on terror will never end. America cannot remain what it is if the Bible is true. Revelation chapter 9 clearly speaks of what will happen to immoral nations if they don't turn to God. Nations that refuse to repent of their sins. Nations that have embraced the spirit of Antichrist, disorder and dysfunction will make way for the beast of Islam, the Antichrist. 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. As I told you, the literal Antichrist will have a religious-looking and sounding person doing his bidding for him before he takes control at the three-and-a-half-year mark. Can you imagine that? I can, because much of what we hear today is not the gospel. I give grace to everyone, and I love preachers, and I love different anointings, and I don't judge someone based off a little 30-second soundbite unless I've watched the entire message. But I'm telling you, much of what we're hearing today is not gospel. It's not repentance. It's not holiness. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the Word of God. I don't know what it is, but it's not what I see when I open the pages of Scripture. It is a twisting, sissified, self-help message that frees no one from bondage and that gets people focused on their feelings, not faith. And we need to be focused on faith. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess this that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Simple as that. More than one way to heaven, not of God. Denying the deity of Christ, not of God. Denying the scriptures, not of God. Putting their mouth on a charismatic movement of young people, crying out to God, criticizing that because you're a bored Calvinist, that's not of God. It is not of God. If it doesn't line up with the scriptures, if it's not moved and fanned by the flames of the Holy Spirit that is still involved in the lives of believers. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. It is already in the world. If it was already in the world when John wrote this, it is most certainly in the world now. And I'm not asking you to go hide under a rock. Someone said, listen, everything we watch, every restaurant we go to, everything we purchase for our home has demonic connections. You're probably right. I'm not asking you to 
Go hide under a rock. I'm asking you to let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I realize you can't hide under a rock. You got to go to work. You got to take care of your family. But you can be a difference maker. You can shine your light. You can share your faith. Before I call you to prayer and repentance, which is that's what we're doing today, may just be me down here. That'll be fine. I've done it before by myself. But I believe we need to get on our hands and knees today and cry out to a living Savior. The Antichrist spirit, number one, how do you recognize this demonic spirit? The Antichrist spirit opposes the deity and the work of Jesus Christ. It says in 1 John chapter 2, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Anyone that says that Jesus is not the way, the truth, and the life is a liar. He is the Antichrist. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son if he denies the deity, the Trinity. Antichrist spirit. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. In other words, you can't just pray to a generic God if you haven't entered by way of his Son. I don't care if you say Jehovah, Abba, whatever you call it, all those are legitimate biblical words. But the Bible says the way to the daddy is Jesus. And he's the way you get there. He's the one that died for your sins. He's the one that came for sinners. He's the one that turned the religious establishment on its head. He's the one that turned water to wine. He's the one that healed a lame man after 38 years. He's Jesus Christ. He's the one coming back on a white horse. He's the one coming back for justice, truth, and power. And he's not coming back to stir up religious spirit. He's coming back with the kingdom that'll never be defeated, never shaken. And in heaven, you'll be a part of his kingdom, not your own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Antichrist spirit opposes the deity and the work of Jesus Christ. Number two, this Antichrist spirit always challenges God's word. Look no further than the temptation of Jesus. He'd been fasting and the devil led him up there and he offered him three things. You've heard them. He said, listen, first, you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. What Jesus say? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. He said, jump from this temple. He even tried to twist the script. He said, the angels will... Take charge and take care of you. Jesus said, listen, the Bible says, don't tempt God. Don't make a mockery out of God. Don't put the Lord to the test. You see, we must know the word. So when the enemy tries to twist the word, we can combat him with the word. Then he offers him the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus responds, it is written, we're to worship the Lord God and serve him only. So the enemy hasn't changed. He's going to offer you the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are his strategies. That's how he's trying to get you off course. That is indeed a spirit of antichrist. Anything that can get you focused on 
the prince of darkness instead of the prince of peace, the kingdoms of this world instead of the kingdom of heaven, that is indeed a spirit of Antichrist. And you have to be on alert that people are trying to deceive you. Listen, the spirit of Antichrist has taken over the media. It's taken over Hollywood. It's infiltrated professional sports. Sadly, it's infiltrated many of our churches selling out to try to be like the world instead of being something different. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well. This apostate church, this falling away, we're seeing the first fruits of it. Who but the devil would offer a seeker-friendly church and call it seeker-friendly? What on earth? The only thing we should be about seeking is first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. Who but the devil would build a church that supports sins? Now we got gay preachers and prophets and apostles and even biblical scholars affirming that lifestyle. And not just affirming it, welcoming it, anointing it, and putting a title on it. Who but the devil would want to lead their church by way of surveys and opinions, catering to people who just want to perform and don't want to serve? Let me say that for those of you in the back who like to perform. Just kidding. But I'm telling you, I've been pastor a long time, and I'm amazed, you know. People say, I just want to be in my gifting. No, you want to perform. Because you're supposed to shine for Jesus after you've served. And some people, because of their gift, have never served a day in their life. They've just shined in their own anointing, not the one from the Holy One. I came here to preach to you this morning. Only the devil would offer feel-good sermons instead of biblical truths. Only, only the devil would allow you to come into something called a church, hear a message, and walk out the same as you walked in. Listen, I am one of the most gracious pastors you will ever meet. I'm a second, third, fourth chance, a second Corinthians 517 preacher. I believe in God's grace. I don't believe we've even tapped into the first fruits of it. His love is everlasting. His grace never ends. His love never fails. His mercy endures forever. But let me say this, my friend. If you can sin and never feel convicted about it, you need Jesus in your life or you're going to hell. And I don't want you to go to hell, but if you can sin without conviction, if you can gossip without conviction, if you can betray without conviction, if you can walk in fleshly sins, sexual sins without conviction, then you need Jesus in your life or when you die, you will spend an eternity in hell with the gnashing of teeth. It's not a myth. It's not a scare tactic. It's the truth. And God didn't send his son for that. He sent his son to liberate you from that through love. But if you reject that love, there are consequences. Only the devil 
could offer a theology with no blood, no judgment, no hell, no accountability, no decision-making. Only the devil, the Antichrist, could do something like that. The Antichrist spirit challenges God's word. We're to love not the world, the Bible says in 1 John. Number three, this Antichrist spirit hinders the end time revival. This movement that is going on I don't know if it's the end time revival or just a glimpse of what it might look like in certain places but you need to understand that the antichrist spirit always wants to kill what it can't control will speak will zoom in on pictures of this revival and pick out one person they don't like and criticize that person the antichrist spirit will hinder an authentic move of God it will be too messy. It'll be too wild. They'll find a scripture that got misused. I mean, when you're having service 24 hours a day or every night for 8 to 10 weeks, you think everything is going to be said 100% accurately by a bunch of students getting right with God? Of course not. But their hearts are crying out. They're going through a sanctification. God is refining them through his fire, and we should celebrate that. But the spirit of Antichrist will hinder this end-time revival through worldly mechanisms and worldly systems and idol worship and promising a mark of the beast that will make you wealthy and make you healthy and that will get you to wherever you need to get to, make your life easier. But when you take that mark, friend... You've marked yourself for eternity. Number four, the Antichrist spirit opposes Israel and hates the Jew and the Christian. Anytime you hear someone spitting rhetoric against the nation of Israel or that hates Jews or that hates Christians, you need to understand you're dealing with a demon. Everybody say devil. You're dealing with a devil whenever you embrace someone that hates Israel or that hates the cross or that hates the name Jesus or that hates you. Because understand, this spirit of Antichrist doesn't just disagree with you. It hates you. It wants to destroy you. It wants to destroy me. It wants to destroy anything and everything that lifts up the name of Jesus. Let me land this plane this morning. We're going to pray. This Antichrist spirit is religious in nature. The spirit of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians, the spirit of lawlessness will come on complacent Christians. This spirit of lawlessness, the spirit of Antichrist will come on Christians who are religious and not sold out. So what does that say to us? I say we fan the flames of revival, my friend. I say we do what God's word says. I say we make our move towards the kingdom. We cry out, we pray, we worship, we evangelize, we invest, we invite. I say we walk away from religion and into the kingdom of God. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 2. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. 
by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. As I've said many times, not everybody that came with you is going to go with you. Not everybody hears the Spirit of God. Not everybody embraces kingdom. Religion is, a, is much more comfortable than what this church is called to. Can I say that again? Religion is much more comfortable than what a real church is called to. If you want to hide in a place of performance on a little pillow where everybody looks alike and dresses alike and talks alike and everybody pretends their family's perfect and everybody's not, God bless you. I wish some days I could live like that. But God called me to pastor a church the devil hates with all his heart. God called me to pastor a church that survived every storm you could imagine for 71 years. God called me to pastor a warfare church that believes in putting on the armor. God called me till the day I die to preach this Bible and flow in the Spirit of God. And let me tell you, Abbas House, Unless God takes me home, I'm not quitting you until he takes me home. And I'm not going to stop punching until he tells me to stop punching. We're going to fight this thing all the way through. The kingdom of heaven's going to be made manifest. And every devil in hell can go there. Because no weapon formed against this ministry can prosper. And I believe God is blessing the remnant of this place that loves this place that prays for this place, that fasts for this place, that sows to this place. I believe God's blessing you, answering your prayers, shifting things in your favor. I feel it happening. Sometimes God allows the storm so that you'll refocus. You'll shift your focus to the kingdom. But after that, let me, let me close right here. Because it says, listen, they went out from us because they were not of us. For if they'd been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. All that preaches good. But here, here, here's the thing you gotta remember. Next verse, verse 20, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing. You see, no matter who leaves you, no matter who rejects you, no matter who uses you for their own benefit, let me tell you something. Remember that. You have an anointing. You have the spirit of the king living on the inside of you. The spirit of Jesus Christ, you have an anointing. They've got this and that. So what? You've got an anointing. You've got an anointing. Not everybody's got an anointing. Everybody's got a gift, but not everybody got an anointing because you can't have the spirit of Jesus on you if you ain't sold out to Jesus. Religion doesn't bring anointing, but the spirit of God does. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Why? Because the knower's on the inside of you. The discerner's on the inside of you. The teacher's on the inside of you. The comforter's on the inside of you. The lover of your soul is on the inside of you. Grace personified's on the inside of you. The fire of God, the boldness of God, the power of God is on the inside of you. And as long as you have that anointing, you will flow from glory to glory, mountaintop to mountaintop, and God will elevate you. God will elevate this church.
if we embrace the anointing. Don't be scared of it. Embrace it. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have, this is what it says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lies of the truth. The Holy Spirit in the kingdom church is pushing the devil back in this very hour. The only reason the enemy is not permitted to overwhelm is your prayers and the Spirit of God and the anointing on this place. So I'm going to have you stand up today. Listen, if you're lost, you need to cry out to Jesus. You need to say, Lord, forgive me, and you need to run and hit this aisle. You need to be saved so you can not only get your ticket into heaven so you can have kingdom on earth. But I'm not doing anything religious today. I don't have any tricks up my sleeve, friend. I'm challenging this church to get on your knees if you're able and pray for your, for your families, for this church, to repent if you've been wrong, to embrace a fresh move of God that's unlike anything you've ever seen. No pastors, no superstars, nobody touching you. This altar's open for prayer, repentance, worship, freedom, shaking, hell-binding, glory-revealing ministry and it starts with us repenting the Bible says if we'll repent we'll humble ourselves and pray God will heal our land I still believe that scripture so let us pray and then you come and you lay at the altar if you need to or if you're not physically able you make an altar out of your seat Heavenly Father we rebuke the spirit of Antichrist off Ida's house every devil associated with hell by the blood of Jesus, I command you to leave the people of Abba's house, the people of this region. And Lord, we ask you to protect these revivals that are starting from coast to coast. Protect these children. Put them through the fire and use them for your glory. But Lord, we want you to move today. We want your power today. We want your healing touch today. So Lord, we repent for times we've been religious. Lord, I repent for times I've tried to figure out what to do here through seeker-friendly methods. Lord, we're coming back to the Bible. We're coming back to the kingdom. We're coming back to our roots today. And we repent for the times in which we've tried to solve problems with man-made solutions, Lord. And we look to your kingdom and we ask your spirit to be poured out on all flesh today. We believe sons and daughters are being raised up we believe there'll be prophecy and spiritual songs and healings and missionaries raised up out of this place and leaders raised up out of this place. So Lord, as your spirit leads us today, may this fire start, but Lord, may it continue as we leave, as we come back, as we go. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. This altar's open.